if you have tried to meditate before, um, undoubtedly you went, what the hell? I suck at this. I can't do this. And you left it. Like if you've tried it, I guarantee you at one time or another, you felt like it was too hard or it was not for you. You're not the right kind of brain that can actually meditate. Mm. Don't worry. Everybody thinks this because guess what? Meditation is a practice for a reason. People meditate their entire lives to become efficient and um, proficient in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not something you just pick up and are an easy master at. It is something that truly takes time. And it also changes because your brain is always changing. Your environment is always changing. Every day that you wake up and you're in a little bit of a different place mentally, you have different things happening in your life, your experience is going to be different every single day. You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. We have part two of our conversation about meditation on today's episode. Hopefully you tuned in last week's episode and you heard part one from our very own Chopra certified meditation coach. And now she's going to go in, we're going to continue that conversation and offer you some more information about meditation. Yes. Before we do though, we want to stop and say, Hello to those who are just joining us for the first time, and welcome back to those who have been with us before. We always appreciate uh, the the downloads, the sharing, the reviews, all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So definitely take a moment, and if you are enjoying the podcast, whether now or previously or even on a future episode, please go ahead and do one of those things. Leave us a review, give us a rating, share the podcast with a friend, um, and certainly connect with us. We have our Instagram, which is at the ATF podcast. Correct. So the ATF podcast. Um, we do post there, and Nick and I are also both on Instagram individually. So that's right. You can find us. We link to our accounts as well. Mm-hmm. See what we're up to. And we'd love to hear from you. We really want to know what you're interested in. This is a this is a podcast for people who are on that kind of health and fitness journey. We share a bit of our journey. We want to know a bit more about yours. How can we help you? What can we dig into or maybe share more on in the future? Who could we talk to? We've done interviews. We've done reviews. I mean, you name it. I feel like we've done it. We've got over 300 episodes. That's absolutely right. So, And if you need to find, want to listen to some of the real, go deep in the archives, go to addictedtofitnesspodcast.lipson.com. One more time, addictedtofitness.lipson.com. Sorry. Uh, So... uh, like as Shannon mentioned, we talk about everything, including our fitness. No one, you know, that's not a surprise since it's called Addicted to Fitness. But uh, we do a training recap on every episode. So I want to let you jump into your training recap for the week. 
Sure. Well, <laughs> we had a special week this past week, folks, because it was a hurricane week. That's right. So for anybody who's been living under a rock uh, or is maybe joining and listening to these out of order, yeah, we had Hurricane Ian come through Florida and Category 4 Hurricane was aiming right for Tampa Bay, which is where we live, where our house, our home is. And uh, we were in Orlando on vacation. (laughs) And we were doing the Disney thing, and we were there with family. And, uh, yeah, that just kind of threw our whole week kind of up in the air. All of our plans went out the window we did get to go to Disney mm-hmm. one day. Yep. Um, and we walked around Disney mm-hmm. for an entire day, which I do count as a workout sure. because we covered some serious ground. I don't know that I actually like counted my steps yeah, or anything. I don't know if you back. have that in yours. I'm gonna look back. Let's see. Keep going. Um, but that was definitely a workout. And at the same time, I'm getting over a bit of a cold myself um, and was kind of low energy towards the beginning of the week anyway. So even though I was low energy, we ended up walking for hours, <laughs> I don't know, like six hours or something. I think I had like seven hours of standing um, essentially, but <clears throat> uh, that was a big one. And then And then we got to basically hunker down for two days because of the hurricane. So you guys got to board up the house, Whoopi, drove back from Orlando. That was some activity for sure. Boarded up the house, so I'm sure that's part of your training recap. But I had two young girls, four-year-old and a five-year-old, to entertain and keep housebound. Hmm. Which was very interesting. <laughs> so yeah, it uh, it was a special it was a special week. The day after the hurricane, though, so like once the hurricane was gone, it had moved on to the Atlantic Ocean at that point, and we were kind of in recovery mode. We didn't lose power, thankfully, at our house in Orlando, so. It was mostly us just needing to get out of the house. I went for a run. My first run mm-hmm. in, I don't actually know how long it's been that long, but I just, I was so, I was so, what's the word? Uh, uh, cabin claustro- fever? Not claustrophobic. Stir crazy. Uh-huh. And I felt like I had like energy was just like, it felt like it was going to burst out of me. So I just... I I took off. I took off and I went for it was only like a 35 minute run. It ended up being a little under 3 miles. Um but it was very hilly in the neighborhood that yeah, we were. For sure. And I ended up running up these hills and dear goodness, my legs are so sore 2 days later and yowza. So, yeah. and now you complained about today. Well, not complaining, but you were commenting on it today. I was moaning. And I was like, well, yeah. why are your legs sore? I forgot yeah. you went for a run. Running up hills that I forgot 
And I mean, because I haven't run in so long, Mm -hmm. like it's like any exercise you do, it's one of the things we're really big advocates for kind of going outside of your comfort zone workout wise and doing something you don't do all the time every now and then, because I am, I can spin on a bike. I can spin for longer periods on a bike, but running especially running uphill, mm-hmm. that's hard. My body is not used to that. And I mean, I had the right shoes, thankfully. I had, you know, good running shoes with me. But yeah, I mean, that was that was a shocker. Like my muscles were mm-hmm. definitely shocked by that. Yeah. So even though it was only a 35-minute workout, I've been feeling it. It's the two-day delay, but oh my gosh, I've been feeling it. Yeah. Well, uh, I just looked at uh, the fitness tracker for Monday when we went to Magic Kingdom and it was 16,000 steps. Oh, that's a bit more than I usually put in. Yeah. And then the next day when I came over here to do the hurricane prep for the house, I had 17,000 steps. (laughs) So it didn't cover as much. Well, I guess definitely more steps, but... Just a lot of, you know, Walking going back and forth. Yes, basically around the house and the yard and then did have to make a Home Depot run. So my activity last week was the, the trip to uh, Magic Kingdom, hurricane prep in the house, uh, and then I did a body weight workout while we were staying at the house. So some activity, not as, uh, as uh, intense as I would like or as regular as I would like, but... It was a vacation week, so I give myself a little bit of leeway. This week, I'm going to get back on it, hit it hard. So yeah. I hope you're ready. Training re- uh, training recaps next week will be epic. Will be epic? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mark my words. Okay. All right. So speaking of epic, meditation. I think we learned yeah. last week Great segue. how uh, <laughs> epic meditation can be. Um, so now I want to continue that conversation. And let us know some other components of meditation. So I'm going to turn it over to you to help us fill in those holes. Yeah, so if you missed last week's episode, please do go back and check that out. Um, We go into how meditation is really the medicine um, for stress and how we, we don't necessarily have a ton of tools at our disposal on a regular basis that um, help to still our mind, Mm -hmm. but very much so meditation is all you really need. Um, And I love the simple definition that meditation is the journey from activity to silence. And that is really what you're trying to do with meditation. You're trying to quiet the mind And today we wanted to focus on really what the experience of meditation should look like and what to expect, but then also how can you start doing meditation? How can you start working it into your life? Is there a right way to meditate? And just kind of touch upon some interesting options Mm -hmm. for those who are ready to give it a try if you haven't already, or maybe try again. It took yeah. me many tries I to start getting a regular I agree. practice. I think people get frustrated with it, especially nowadays. I think people need instant gratification. And I don't know if meditation, it, it's, I don't know if it's right to say it's not instant gratification, but I think it's, it, it's definitely 
It is, but not skill. in the way yeah. that people expect it to be. I agree. I agree. That's, that's kind of what I was trying to, yeah. to get across. But go ahead. So if you have tried to meditate before, um, undoubtedly you went, what the hell? I suck at this. I can't do this. And you left it. Like if you've tried it, I guarantee you at one time or another, you felt like it was too hard or it was not for you. You're not the right kind of brain that can actually meditate. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. Everybody thinks this because guess what? Meditation is a practice for a reason. People meditate their entire lives to become efficient and um, proficient in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not something you just pick up and are an easy master at. You know, it's it is something that truly takes time, and it also changes. Because your brain is always changing. Your environment is always changing. And every day that you wake up and you're in a little bit of a different place mentally, you have different things happening in your life, your experience is going to be different every single day. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that I picked up meditation. My mom introduced it to me when I was like 12 I went to a yoga class and they did a meditation at the end of class. And it was the first time where I'd ever experienced anything like that. And I honestly wondered, like, what the heck is this? Can I even do this? I didn't make I didn't make it a habit. I mean, I was a 12-year-old kid. Who's, mm-hmm. who's going to do that? I picked it up. I tried it with apps. I've tried it with, you know, different techniques. And it wasn't until... <laughs> I guess this is like one of those fun stories, but I mean, I did yoga teacher training and we meditated in that class, but it was, it was like a painful experience then, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I still was not, I was not, I didn't know what to expect, I think. So they were walking me through these meditations and I didn't know that what I was doing was right and that it wasn't that I sucked at it. It was that I was experiencing exactly what you're supposed to. It wasn't until the shutdown. Oh, it's another pandemic shutdown story of like, oh, I never knew I could make bread. Well, I never knew that I could meditate and that I had all the tools I needed in order to do so. So it's it's definitely a practice you can try many times, but... There is no um, there is no being bad at it, though. And we're going to talk about kind of the four categories for thoughts and experiences that might make you feel like, well, I'm just real bad at this or this doesn't work for me. Um, and if you've meditated before, maybe these have happened to you and this is where you'll go, yes. Oh, my gosh, that's exactly... That's exactly what I thought. So there's different types of meditations that you can do. Some of them are guided meditation. You're listening to a voice or a sound. Some are um, mantra-based where you're repeating either um, a, a sound or phrase or something. But 
whatever it is, once you're in your meditation, there's, there's four things kind of that can happen. First of all, you can be listening to your guided meditation. You can be following that very simple, um, sort of like line. It's, I think of it kind of like a string that's just guiding you along and, even if that's all that's in your mind, that's, that's, that's it. That's the one thing. You, so you can be focused on that mantra or that voice or that sound, whatever it might be. That's one. Two, and I, I can honestly say this has happened to me, you fall asleep. <laughs> Have you ever fallen asleep? Yes. Yeah. yeah. While meditating, yes. And yes. I use guided meditation, so yes, I've been guided to sleep. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, that was super helpful. I just mm-hmm. passed out. Um, and we're going to get to why that is. Um, and then three, this is the most probably common one three. I hear, mm-hmm. thoughts. Thoughts come like bounding out at you like bullets in like the middle of a battlefield. Mm-hmm. It's like you're standing there and all of a sudden you feel like you're calm and peaceful and then some chain of thoughts just comes barreling in at you and steals your attention. And you're like, well, I I can't stop the thoughts. Like I meditate and oh my gosh, I, I'm thinking about what I should do next and what I'm missing and what I should be doing tomorrow and you're making mental lists and all these different things. That's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's one of the things that happens in meditation. But the fourth thing, and this is really the kind of, um, this is that moment where you slip between the thoughts into what we've previously called as the gap, Mm -hmm. which is that, that place where you, where you you slip right between the the kind of current of thoughts that your brain is generating and you slip into that sort of pure consciousness. It's, it's a state where you really don't have thought and it's more of a feeling that you don't even know about until you find it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's limitless possibilities it's, you know, kind of that, that space that generates all creation where, mm. where amazing things come from, but it's, it's between the constant chatter and layer of thought. So it's, it's not always a place that you find your meditations getting you to, but it's okay if you don't. Getting to the gap is just one of the experiences that can happen. It is not like the goal of it. You get there once you start to learn to quiet your mind and slow your thoughts so that you can slip into that gap. I'm not kidding when I say I've probably only gotten there a few times. And it was one of those experiences of like, oh, where where was I? Like I don't I just I just feel good. Like you just feel like recharged. You feel rested. Mm-hmm. It's not like falling asleep. You know you're not asleep. Um, but it is almost like this timeless existence. So that's what the four kind of categories of things are. 
And every time that I talk to um, someone who has tried meditation, the most frequent thing that I hear is the thoughts thing. Uh As they're saying, well, gosh, no, I I just, I can't do that. Um, So that's where it kind of comes like figuring out what's going to work best for you is figuring out what kind of meditation is going to be a fit for you. If you're someone who has a a very kind of calm mind, you've, you know, you've always sort of had a good control over your thoughts, you don't have any issues with um, racing thoughts and stress and anxiety, if you are in a place of peace and you're just looking to really, you know, reach those different levels of consciousness, you might you might choose a different form of meditation. But what I've found is that mantra-based meditations are really great for me, who has a very active, very kind of, uh, I'm not going to say chaotic mind, but it can feel a little bit like a tornado in my mm-hmm. head. And having a sound even that I just sort of am focused on in my mind really helps to focus my thoughts and quiet everything else. And it wasn't until I found that mantra-based meditation that I actually found the um, sort of building success. Like it, it was much more attainable for me to get through and then that was when I actually managed to reach that point of the gap and find myself going, oh, my gosh, that was totally new and unexpected. Mm-hmm. So there are other kinds, you know, like we were talking about, you know, there's guided meditations. You can listen, actually listen to something. Mm-hmm. Um There's walking meditations. My mom and I were talking about that recently. Like she's done these really intense meditation retreats where like they meditate all day for like a week and they did walking meditations and there, there, there is things like you can actually meditate in physical motion, which is one of the coolest things when you really think about it. But it's something that you really do have to be taught how to do and you have to reach that point. So Whatever is going to work for you, I would just say if you've tried meditation and it's been, it didn't feel like a fit, you didn't feel like, you know, even after trying it over and over and over and over again, it just, you didn't feel like it was something that was resonating with you, then try a different type of meditation. So Mm -hmm. what I am specifically trained to teach you know, obviously just meditation in general, but also I am a primordial sound meditation teacher. Mm. So that is the Chopra um, meditation. It is their specific meditation that is based on, um, it's based on the fact that we were all brought into this universe, you know, we're all born with a certain um, sound. There's, there's a certain number of sounds in the universe. And 
each one of us is born and there's there's like a, a certain sound resonance that each of us are born into. And that sound helps us find our way and slip into the gap all that much easier because it's like bringing us back to that most basic, most new part of us, like when we joined the world. Mm -hmm. So it's bringing us back home to ourselves in a way. And there's a mantra. And for primordial sound meditation, mantras are not things like, I can do this. Um, but rather it's a, a phrase that really has no meaning. It's a, it's a sound mm -hmm. and this sound you calculate it. There's based off of the day, the time, the place you were born, you calculate what that sound when you were born is, and then you would get a specific primordial sound meditation. Interesting. Now, like I said, there's a certain number that exists and certain number of sounds, certain number of these mantras oh. that, that coincide with these sounds. And it's using those that we're able to repeat over and in our minds to help us still our minds and mm -hmm. get back to that sort of original like homeostasis best way to I feel like I can describe it right. so that is in a very very simplistic hmm. definition that is primordial sound meditation it's using this personal mantra that helps you return to that state of homeostasis, that, mm -hmm. that balance state, your most natural, true self. And it allows you to find and access that gap all that much easier. Mm -hmm. So I think you, you could start, you know, just purely by, by trying meditation if you haven't already started. Um, if you're interested in learning more about primordial sound meditation, certainly ask me. You can also look it up on the Chopra websites. There's several. Mm -hmm. um, there's many people um, from the Chopra Institute that teach it. Um, it's not, I think, probably widely known because it, even though it is based off of Vedic um teachings from 5,000 years ago. This was something that they used to meditate. It's not been commonly done and shared. It was really kind of brought back by Chopra. So mm. um, it's very interesting. We love to talk about it more, but just for, for starters, how to get into and be successful with meditation. Right. We wanted to talk a little bit about that. Now that you kind of hopefully have an understanding of, okay, so it's okay if I have thoughts and it's yep. okay if I fall asleep and it's okay if I also have these other experiences. The biggest point to make with meditation is that it needs to be consistent. 
you will experience benefits. And we talked about this last time. You'll experience benefits from just trying. You know, you will actually, if you just sit down, even if you're just practicing mindfulness, which is just becoming very present, um, you start to focus your thoughts in, mm-hmm. inward versus on everything externally, that process alone is going to deliver you benefits. But consistency is what is truly powerful and meaningful with meditation because it's kind of one of those things that builds on itself. So you start with doing a once a day practice it becomes easier to get in and out of it the more you do it. The more you do it, the longer you can sit there. The, you know, maybe the, the less time it will take you to reach those, those periods of stillness and just peacefulness. Even if you're not necessarily falling into the gap, you're still finding that calm and that center which is a wonderful place when you're not having, you know, just tons of thoughts. Mm -hmm. But you also start to realize when you have thoughts in your meditation, that is your brain's way of releasing stress. So when you, I mean, I, I have a regular meditation practice and I still experience like the bombardment of thought still happens to me and it is my way it's my brain's way of releasing stress it doesn't mean I'm doing it wrong it just means gosh my brain needs this Mm -hmm. so what you want to do is you want to set yourself up for success and what that looks like is to have all you really need to meditate is to be somewhere where you can sit and you can close your eyes. So you you can learn to do, you know, open eye meditations. So now I'm saying start. I'm saying start somewhere you can close your eyes. Mm. Doing this in your car while you're driving in rush hour traffic, not the best thing. Um, you want to be somewhere that has minimal, if if you can, no interruptions. <laughs> And very little external stimulus, so sounds. Starting outside may work for you if you are someone who finds, you know, the sounds of birds and and whatnot very relaxing. But keep in mind that if you're outside and you're in like a city or even, you know, just a kind of urban lands- landscape, there's going to be a car that comes by and that car's sound will jar you out of that sort of little trance that you go into. So minimizing the interruptions, especially when you're starting out, is really, really helpful. Yeah. That's one thing the guided meditation I take always recommends somewhere, find somewhere you're not going to be interrupted for yeah. duration. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's hard. I mean, I I know it's hard. I have a now five year old who 
you know, waits for no man or woman. And when she's ready for something, whether it's to get up in the morning or to go do something, she's going to be up in my face about it. So I also think that it's a really wonderful sort of visual cue and reminder to designate a space. If you can, if you can designate a space for your meditation somewhere that's not your bed. Now I say this because also don't meditate lying down, especially in the beginning, that whole going to sleep thing. Oh yeah, that's going to be a lot easier when you are just reclined and relaxing to the max. Um, The second that you, I say, get out of your bed also because your body associates your bed with rest. So even subconsciously, you being in your bed, your body wants to let go physically and just relax. It doesn't want to try to, you know, manage your thoughts. It wants to just let go. So get out of your bed. Find I have a little corner in our bedroom where I've set up my meditation pillow, some blankets. I have some incense over there, which you absolutely can do. Um, There is actually a benefit if you are a person who loves smells where you can actually train your brain to associate a smell with relaxation. And so if you are someone that you like burning incense, you do that every time you meditate. Every time you then go ahead and light that incense, your brain is going to start remembering. It's going to trigger your body to say, oh, good, yeah, we're getting ready to meditate. And it's going to automatically start unwinding. So you can train your brain with scents to to do things like that. So scent is actually a useful tool with meditation mm-hmm. if you are someone that has that that smell passion. Right. I, I mm. love that. Um, you do not want to have bright lights in your eyes. And that kind of goes along with any kind of external stimulus. Like close your door. Make sure your cat's not coming up to you, your dog's not coming up to you. Really do try to not cut yourself off, but give yourself some space and away from other things. Um, Beyond sitting down, I would say if unless you are used to sitting up without back support for a long period of time, I would recommend having back support. So lean against something Mm -hmm. because one of the things that can keep you from really being able to meditate is if you're constantly having to adjust yourself, you know, this goes also if you've got uncomfortable seating position Maybe you're sitting on the floor, but your hips are really hurting. You want to find a comfortable seat because the more you're focused on how uncomfortable you are, the less focused you are going to be about being in your meditation. So these are some of the things you might run into as you're meditating. Like I've learned this. I can meditate without back support for so long. 
But then I notice the pains and they start pulling me out of it mm. if I if I like am doing it for too long. So I use back support. And you know what? That's fine. It's okay. I also know that if I am sitting on the ground with my legs crossed after about 35, 40 minutes, my legs start to fall asleep and I come out of my meditation because of that. So it's kind of figuring out like how much time are you going to have? Find a good comfortable seat. If I extend my legs, I can, I can actually meditate for longer. Um, so be comfortable, give yourself kind of the physical support you need to be comfortable for a while. And that's going to set you up for better success. You're Mm -hmm. not going to have as many distractions. Um, some people do use their phone. They use, you know, like timers, you know, little chimes at the end of like um a timer or something you can use whatever you want i've actually found it more helpful to just keep they have like these settings on your phone where you can just have like a a basic like flip clock where it Mm -hmm. just tells you actually i think the app is called flip clock Hmm. i've tried different things I like and I almost need to know what time it is because I usually have such a constrained time window to do my meditation. So it's going to distract my brain if I can't crack my eyes and see what time it is. It doesn't pull me out. It just allows me when that thought arises to address that and then say, okay, go away. Like, you're fine. And it gives me some peace of mind to go back to my meditation. So thinking about those little kind of interruptions, you start to hone in on what's going to be best for you. If you've got tons of time, then, you know, a clock is probably not even something you care about. But it is going to be helpful to you to have them be any kind of planned interruptions or timers, they're very gentle. They give you a chance not to just bolt out of your meditation with your eyes open, but allow you to kind of gradually come back. Um, a lot of guided meditations use like a sound, a bell, a bowl, chime, something like that. Um, so those are just some kind of basic tips for right. setting yourself up. Yeah, let's review them. So I remember, let's see if I can remember. Okay. Okay. Uh, So uh, find a place you won't be disturbed, a Mm -hmm. dedicated space, right? If you can. If you can. can. Yeah, these are suggestions. It could also be like, well, I'm going to meditate in my car. Yeah, but you also, another one you recommend is try to minimize outside stimuli like light. Yes, I mean, you don't want it shining directly into your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So you, it would be like if you if you have to meditate in your car, put your visor down, put your wind, you know, your your cover over your windshield, whatever, oh, yeah. whatever yeah. is going to be helpful. Right. Uh, so you said uh, dead case space, uh, back support if needed. Mm-hmm. Um, as comfortable as possible. Get out of your bed. Don't yes. try not to meditate in your bed. 
Um, so like seated upright. Yes. Uh, what was you were just talking about it? How about sounds? Was it about sounds? Well, that's outside stimuli. Oh, you can uh, you can use a clock if necessary. Yeah. Or some sort of chime to let you know when your time is up. Mm-hmm. So that can uh, minimize basically some of those outside thoughts about how much time do I have left. Yeah. You know. Uh, did I forget any? Uh, smells. Oh, the smell. Yeah, that's right. You if you are a smells. person that links, I guess it's kind of, it's the linking of the smell to meditation, right? Yeah. It's a signal to your brain saying, hey, we're, we're going into meditation now. Yeah. Due it, to the smell. It trains, it trains your mind. Nice. So, and ultimately you want to be as comfortable as possible. Mm -hmm. So, and finding the meditation that works right for you. You can meditate once a day. You can meditate twice a day. Primordial sound meditation, they actually recommend meditating twice a day. Mm -hmm. The times of day you meditate would be the last kind of comments that I would suggest where when you wake up, that's a good time to meditate before you do like a workout, before you go off and do a bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. To kind of, because it's that transitional period, you haven't really jumped into the day yet. And meditation is, an, is kind of a nice way to guide you from that, that sleeping state to, to the rest of your day in a really positive way. Uh -huh. um, but another good time to meditate is kind of before dinner, you don't want to meditate after you eat mm -hmm. because you're physically, your body's going to go through a lot like digestion and stuff. You don't want to meditate after you eat, but you also don't want to meditate right before you go to bed because you're more apt to fall asleep. Yep. Makes sense. So right like after you wake up, um, that's my preferred time to meditate is right after I wake up and then before dinner, like late afternoon, before you have dinner, that's another really good transitional time. All right. But um, doing a meditation amidst a really like uh, busy time, you know, maybe you feel really frantic and you don't feel like you've got a lot of time. It's not ideal. Um, you can do mindfulness and things like that in those moments, but a meditation there's there's kind of some some more ideal times to do it in right. so it's really though whenever you can consistently fit it in your day makes sense yeah well there's some great tips um and i think uh combining this episode with last week's episode gives people a real good starter pack on how to get uh basically incorporate more meditation into yeah. their life all right, so uh, that is something to be pumped about. And so is this next section of the podcast called What's Got Us Pumped. Mm. Just two. Two pumps. Two now pumps. Three. Pump, pump. Now three. So, and you just put in two more, so that's five. Anywho, so What's Got Us Pumped. This week, I'm actually pumped about, I'm throwing a curveball. I said something earlier to you. Now I'm going with something different. I played golf recently. Which is a big thing 
being that uh, I also, my expertise, one of my expertise in personal training happens to be golf fitness. <laughs> um, and I also emphasize, I, or I always emphasize the fitness part, not the golf part. Um, you know, we, uh, the, you guys have heard multiple times me explain about the different, uh, training that I've taken, the certifications, uh, mainly through, uh, Titleist Performance Institute that focus on golf fitness, the aspects of fitness that, uh, can help you play better golf. Um, so basically I went out there and played myself and, uh, lo and behold, wasn't great, but I shouldn't be shocked since I play basically <laughs> once every once year. A year. So but I will say that my body felt good. I felt that I moved great, just not a lot of great ball striking, um, which is a huge part of the game. So, but like my body felt great. And one of the things that I always had issues with when I played golf was my wrists. Um, and but my wrist felt good after this round of golf. So I was very happy about that. It was probably thanks to all the uh, stretching and mobility and golf fitness training that I do or I basically demonstrate <laughs> to clients. Uh, and if you guys are interested in that, uh, through the Tampa Strength app, you guys can get a golf fitness training program delivered right to you. Um, basically, uh, I can talk, dis discuss programs with you and this goes for golfers and non-golfers you can uh, get a customized workout plan uh created by yours truly delivered to you through the app with all the types of exercise videos or instructional videos prescribed reps sets uh customized to your fitness goals so if you're interested in that reach out to us send us a dm on the atf podcast on instagram so i'm pumped um once again i would like to start playing golf a little bit more regularly not every week but it just takes so much time it's true i said luckily we do live to a close to a golf course and they're going to get a nine hole par three course too which is makes it go much quicker sweet so yeah how about you what's got you pumped um mine is very basic it is i actually have read three four books in the last month which is a freaking record mm -hmm. because between studying and just life, I have not read that many books. Like, and I say not that many books, it's fiction. Mm -hmm. I've had time to read fiction books outside of my studies and outside of, you know, those areas of learning. These have just been pure enjoyment and it's been wonderful. I decided I was going to kick off fall with like some fallish kind of vibes as Nick's new favorite word, mm. autumnal. Yeah, autumnal. That should word. be what would had me pump. I learned a new autumnal, word. Autumnal, yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually dove into the Alice Hoffman series, which is for people who've read Practical Magic or seen the movie yes it's actually based on a book and there is a prequel called magic lessons so i just finished magic lessons i am reading another book by just a really great author um that i've read a few other books by and i'm gonna dive into practical magic after this one and then i've got a like a a spooky story, like a ghost story oh to kind of wrap out, I'm hoping, October with. But it's just so good to read. Yeah. And, like, I, I love books. 
I love books so much. I love all kinds of books. And it just feels so good to sit and read a book. I did get to do that on vacation. Yep. That was, I, I actually read like half of Magic Lessons one morning while we were on vacation. It yep. was magnificent. That's great. So that has got me pumped. Certainly something to be pumped for. Love it. I think this episode has lots of stuff to be pumped for. Basically, we completed our conversation about meditation or, you know, our two-part series. I'm sure we'll keep talking about meditation. Um, So if you're interested in learning more about especially the the meditation, um, I guess, technique that you teach. Primordial sound meditation. Mm -hmm. I would say reach out to us. Uh, on the ATF podcast. If you're interested in customized workout plans delivered to you through a app, you can reach to us out uh, reach out to us on the ATF podcast on Instagram. And if you just want to uh, leave a rating review to tell us what you think about the podcast, uh, you can do that in Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. Mm-hmm. You got anything else for them tonight? No. This has been another edition of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast, and we'll check you next time. Bye. For all things Addicted to Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter, at the ATF Podcast, and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes Store. Thanks. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Fitness Pod... Blah, podcast. Podcast, because it's podtastic. <laughs>